Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode six of the Merry Go Round podcast. I'm Mary Brasha, and I'm your host. This podcast is powered by Selkirk Sport. We are pickleball. We are approaching the PPA Las Vegas Championships this weekend, and this is one of my favorite tournaments of the year because it was actually my first PPA tournament I ever played in back in 2020. Maggie and I made the journey to Las Vegas, and I remember being there and we were still in the midst of the pandemic, and it was just a very you know, there weren't a lot of people around, and I remember staying at the JW Marriott right by the venue, and my NFL friend Shay and I even got a Starbucks coffee one morning, which is just so funny to think how pickleball connects people from all sorts of different backgrounds. And then I remember showing up to the venue and seeing the big stadium and all the music playing, the pros warming up and being like, wow, pickleball tournaments are super cool. And Maggie and I played in the women's singles division, and there were only three of us, and I had to play her in the final. She beat me, so I was pretty upset, but it inspired me to get better. I also played with my friend Moo in mixed doubles. I'm sure a lot of you know who Moo is. He has some of the best energy in pickleball, and he's such an encouraging partner, and it was a great experience for one of my first mixed tournaments. And then Maggie and I also won the gold medal in the women's 5-0 division, which was such a cool event. We got a lot of match experience, and that's actually where we met Megan Dazon. She was beginning her pickleball journey too. We also reunited with Hayden at the PPA Vegas, and now look, he and Maggie are tearing it up on the pro tour, and just crazy to see how much has grown and changed over the past three years, and super excited to be back in Las Vegas. Now I'm going to introduce you guys to our guest for today. Where do I even begin? This gal is an on-field host for the Los Angeles Rams. She does play-by-play and commentary for the PPA Tour and Major League Pickleball. She also commentates for the AVP Tour. She is a super sweet, genuine human and a very good pickleball player herself. Welcome to the podcast, Cameron Irwin. Does it work? It's working. Good morning, Cameron. <laughs> Good morning. I was How worried. I was like, I have the right headphones for this to work. So I think we got lucky this morning. Oh, you look great. It sounds great. Your background is super cute. Where are you calling from? <laughs> this is my home. <laughs> oh, nice. Aww. I love the plants. Yeah. I know. So this, uh, this is so pathetic. I shouldn't be telling you this. That's George. Um, okay. He is quite fickle as a fiddle, ironically. <laughs> um, yeah, I've had to prop him up about six different times with different bamboo because he's gotten so big and he's kind of angry. But yeah, lots of plants <laughs> and they die on a regular basis because I'm never here. So I have to resurrect them consistently. That's right. I mean, you are <laughs> always on the road. I mean, I feel like you're one of the busiest people I know. You go from tournament to tournament, you're commentating all these different sports. Like, what is a week in your life like? Oh gosh. Um my life pretty much consists of being home for anywhere between we'll say 24 to 72 hours if I'm lucky on any given week. 
So this is kind of my little, my little sanctuary. I like to come home and this is like the place I get to decompress, um, do a lot of research sitting right back there yep. on the couch in those days, uh, and a lot of prep work. And then, yeah, spending so much time on the road. I feel like I was trying to count the number of hours that I've, I've done, whether it was television or just been on a plane in the last, we'll say a year since December, really. Yeah. And they're far too far too many to count. So it, uh, I live more so on airplanes than I do in my own home, but it's been a fun journey. Oh my gosh. It's amazing how much you do. And you're so good at what you do too. I'm just so curious how you got into all of your broadcasting and the journalism type of stuff, because I feel like you have to be really talented to do this and you do such a great job. So what inspired you to get into that? Um, well, I was a lifelong athlete. I always loved sports. Uh, I grew up the youngest of four kids and all my siblings played. So it was just the natural path for me to pursue. Um, once I got into, I would say, upper level high school area in terms of my own competition, I realized that I definitely had kind of this opportunity to pursue professional sport in my own world, which was volleyball growing up. And so I went off to college, played four years, played a couple pro seasons after that. And through that time, I just learned just the ability for sport to shape and really impact your life off the court more so than just on the court and learn so many amazing life lessons and learn to lead and to, to build camaraderie and, uh, to create a team environment and to serve others. And there's just so, I mean, there were so many lessons to be, to be taken from sport. And I knew that I wanted to share those stories even after I was done. So my life has always revolved around sport, whether it was me on the court or me coaching or me now pursuing broadcast journalism in this space, but um, something that very tied deeply into my, my heart and soul was sharing those stories and, and hopefully impacting others just as it impacted my own life. Wow. That's really cool. I love hearing your perspective on it because I feel like we <laughs> hear you and we see you, but now we get to hear the story, you know, behind what you do. Um, you're commentating, you know, so many different sports too. That's what I think is so amazing. Like, how do you differentiate all the different, you know, fields you're in? Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. Um, and one that has been a learning process just within this past year. Um, you know, I have so much love for so many different sports and people, the number one question people always ask me is, well, which one's your favorite? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I always laugh because they all present such unique and different challenges, whether it's the sport itself or the role that I play within that sport. Yeah. And so I really enjoy the fact that, um, you know, I get to have great versatility. I get to get challenged in so many different ways. And this year I have learned to be able to cover as much as I do that I really need some help. <laughs> and so yeah. I have, uh, I've also had the, um, opportunity and been afforded the chance to bring on a couple people to help me. I have a, one that her name's Chrissy Hetherington. She's done an amazing job. One of my research assistants, um, she's actually a student uh, athlete over at Azusa Pacific. She's a track and field athlete. And so it's been really fun to get to bring on kind of the next level of what might be coming up in the broadcast world. And she's so passionate. She's got 
so much, so much joy in terms of researching and covering and she's, she's even creating her own podcast. And so oh, nice. um, it's been really fun this year uh, to be able to cover so many different sports and to have some help on the research front and to work with somebody and also feel like you're, you're, I would say hopefully positively impacting her journey and, and what direction she's going. But um, yeah, this is this Cameron Irwin is broadcast journalism is no longer a <laughs> one man team. And I think that's true of most people at this point. Um, you kind of have to you got to have a little bit of help on the side. But um, yeah, I'm I'm nothing without the great people and support around me. And um, that's really how you're you're able to do so many different things, whether it's with the Los Angeles Rams and the staff we have there and the environment they've created for me to excel and to have help um, from major league pickleball to PPA. I mean, everywhere you look, I've got a great, a great, um, community and support system that, that allows me to be at my best. Oh, for sure. And you just kind of segued me into talking about pickleball because the community is so great and it's just the best. And I'm just dying to know how did someone from Oregon by way of Wazoo get into pickleball itself? I think like most everybody, um, you had some friend that said, hey, have you ever played pickleball before? And you, your first response is, what is pickleball? Yeah. Um, so that definitely was my interaction. My best friend's husband down in San Diego, um, my best friend was working. She's a, a, a fitness trainer or, a, excuse me, a high performance strength coach. Nice. <laughs> down in San Diego. Um, she keeps me honest in terms of my fitness, but she was like, I got to go to work go play some pickleball. And so I went and played pickleball. And I remember the drive over uh, with my dear friend, Quinn Myers. Uh, he told me, just pull up a YouTube video. It's too hard to describe the rules. You just got to watch the video first. So I'm literally in his truck watching a YouTube video on the rules. Still didn't understand. Um, went off to Bobby Riggs in Southern California yes. in North County San Diego and quickly learned that like, oh, this is dangerous for me because I can compete. I can have fun. And I came from a little tennis background. I played tennis in high school. Um, but I also, my secret skill is that I was a very avid ping pong player. Um, oh, and so it was like the perfect combination of the two. And I quickly became addicted. And I quickly, I would say, was able to uh, garner some skills and was stubborn enough to think that I was like, oh, I got decent at this and so then I just kept playing and I loved being able to to compete again I missed competing and yeah it, it really filled a void in my um, fitness world and even in my kind of heart because I was a lifelong competitor that yeah. I got to be out and and fight to be like that's what I loved I love the the competition and the the fighting spirit that it can really provide Oh, for sure. I mean, I don't know if all the listeners know that you're a very good pickleball player yourself. I mean, I oh. see you at, yes, <laughs> I see you at Los Cab all the time playing in the high level groups. Like you're dominating, you're killing it. What have no, you been? Yes, you <laughs> are. And I think you're an awesome player. What have you been working on in your game? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, for most females, one of the hardest skills to develop is kind of working with a single-handed backhand. And it's not even to say like a speed up or anything like that. But I think for me coming from more the tennis side was figuring out how to be able to take the ball out of the air with one hand versus 
off the bounce with two or even two out of the air on the backhand right. side that I think is something that everyone has to kind of focus on on the female side I love yeah. my two-handed backhand so <laughs> it definitely was like a, a massive touch and feel thing for me um, and then I would say I mean I love to play up tempo so I think precision of drive I've also recently fallen in love with singles I know I'm the minority in that case <laughs> so <laughs> I definitely understand that but I um I love the ability to hit to hit hard and to hit passing shots and also short angles and so the fitness side is also something that's really appealing like you you die in the game of singles and so if you want yeah. a quick workout in 30 minutes go play some yeah. singles pickleball that is literally what I tell all of my pickleball friends. It's like, yes, I love competing in singles too, but the fitness aspect of singles and the workout you get from it is just such a perk of playing singles. So I always yeah. recommend it to people because I come off the singles court sweating and just exhausted every time I compete. So I'm glad to hear you're playing more singles. It's And it's just so fun when you hit a good passing shot, you know, it just feels good. <laughs> Oh, it does. It's the best. And it's always funny because um, because I play so much, I also think it helps me behind the mic. Yeah. Um, and I think especially in the singles space, you just realize one, the level of fitness that's required. Like if I'm exhausted after just playing two games, I can't imagine playing five matches or three matches in a day. Like so many of you do not to mention in grueling heat. Like I'm a fair weather pickleball fan. Mm -hmm. I'm like, degrees is like topping it out for me whereas you yep. guys are playing in 100 degrees um high high heat high humidity and I I am constantly floored so it's always humbling to me and it's always a good experience to get back out on the court and realize the things I'm talking about and how challenging they are and trying to describe that to the fans definitely and to the audience more so is is one of the greatest gifts as a broadcaster is you got to get out there and try it yourself because otherwise you don't know how to describe it exactly uh that is very true totally agree uh when you've been on the road for pickleball tournaments the ppa and mlp events are there any tournaments or memories that come to mind that really stand out as like something that was just a really good time for you that's a good question i've never been asked that oh. um because oftentimes we ask the athletes, like, what's your favorite event? But I don't think as a broadcaster, we've ever been asked that. Um, that is a good question. I, I mean, I first think of locations. I really liked, um, I like Salt Lake. I'm a mountain mountain girl. I grew up in Washington. So I appreciate a good backdrop, backdrop and scenery. Um, let's see. I also, I mean, it wasn't a, a major league pickleball or PPA, but doing um, pickleball slam in mm -hmm. the hard rock last year with McEnroe and Agassi and Roderick yeah. Chang. I mean, that was not only a pickleball highlight for me, but that was a pretty high career highlight for me, just oh, getting for a sure. chance to work with each, not just those athletes, but also like Chris Fowler on the mic. That's somebody that you listen to week in a week out call, whether it's the U S open or, or, um, NFL games like it, it was as a broadcasting nerd it also like filled this space in, in my heart where I was like this is it this is <laughs> this yeah. is the coolest thing ever and each one of those athletes I think maybe one of the less talked about aspects of that event is just how wonderful those athletes were to work with how wow. genuine they are and especially coming in like McEnroe kind of bashing on pickleball and you can <laughs> see the clip you know, going into the event and now he's done multiple events and his 
from the first time you talked to him, his, his love, his curiosity for the sport was one of the biggest elements that, that really kind of set the tone. Um, Andy Roddick, his personality and just how sarcastic and funny he is. He's just as funny off the court as he is on the court. Wow. Um, like those are the, the pieces that you get to see behind the scenes a little bit and really respect these athletes because they've been through it. They've been through the media, you know, circus for years and years, the tennis circus for years and years. And then to just be like regular, awesome humans was probably yeah. one of the biggest highlights. So that one for sure. <laughs> oh, that was so fun to watch. Well, I mean, it's my dream to play pickleball with Agassi someday. I think he's great. Yeah. I literally have his book open in front of me on this desk right now, which is so funny. Um, and then Michael Chang, I mean, he was prepping for that event at TTC and I got invited to <laughs> kind of play with him and help him get the skills to be prepped for the event. And I could tell he was hitting good third shots and he had the pickleball strategy. And so that was a really cool event. Yeah, yeah. I hope they do something like that again. Well, they are, and I'm not, this is not breaking news. So the okay. event is coming back in February and uh, Stephanie Graf will be playing alongside Yay. Agassi. Yes. So there's definitely going to be some big names uh, in the mix. So you're not going to want to miss it. I'm, I'm thrilled. It'll be, uh, I believe right back at the hard rock. And oh, again, cool. I don't think I'm, I'm breaking any rules here. I should probably no. check just to make sure. Yeah, we, we can all, check. <laughs> we can check. Um, well, that'll be awesome. I mean, anything that can really bring viewers to pickleball is just so important for the growth of our sport. And I just think it's just going to keep getting bigger. And I feel like the influx of people I'm seeing here in OC playing week in and week out, it just seems like more and more people are joining the pickleball craze. So it's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny because one of the, the greatest elements we talked about switching between sports yeah, is to realize just the full reach. And I'll never forget. It was not this stretch, this past draft, but the year before for the Rams, I remember being in the draft house. So, you know, we're getting ready to find out who are your 20 at the time. It would have been 2022 Los Angeles Rams and what that, that class was going to look like. And I'll never forget hearing people in the background talk about their most recent pickleball game. So, I mean, we've got all sorts of different people in the house from every single one of the coaches to all of the scouts, to doctors, to, to wives of the coaches. I mean, everybody's there and literally behind me, they're talking about their most recent pickleball game. Oh and my I'm gosh. just because, and they don't, they have no idea that like, I really do the pickleball space. A couple people I work with do for sure. Yeah. Um, but I was just floored. I'm like, it really is reaching every inch of the sports world it's awesome it is trendy and I love that and uh, it's just gonna be so cool to see all the exciting things in pickleball to come okay I have one more broadcasting kind of question for you do you ever get okay. nervous <laughs> I don't know do you <laughs> I mean I so I used to I we may have talked about this, but, you know, I used to study broadcast journalism and I did some sideline reporting myself for ESPN plus. And like, I really tried to prep and being in front of the camera is just a different animal. Like you have to be on at all times. So I have so much respect that you do this. So I was just curious if there's ever those little oh. nerves that enter. Yeah, no, there's, there, there undoubtedly is. And the only reason I, I give you, I, I asked you is because I think anything that you do in a professional landscape that you care about, that you're passionate about, if you don't feel any sort of nerves, then 
you might not be in the right space. You might not feel exactly. as much care as you should, right? So I think um, yeah. whether you're playing pickleball, whether you're going off to a new job, um, you know, whether you're going on national television, um, I think those nerves, the way I turn them in my mind, instead of feeling nervous or anxious, those are two, yeah. I guess, two negative words that you can connotate with the, that feeling. I instead in my mind have to kind of trick myself that it's, that it's, that it's excitement, that it's passion yeah. and that it's care. And so I think that's true. You can take that into to broadcasting. You can take it even into sport. Um, you yeah. know, whether you're going on to your first championship court match and you're playing Mary Brasha or <laughs> Ben Johns or any of those people, like those, it can have a detrimental effect, but if you choose to see it as excitement and, and kind of trick yourself into it, um, then it's a little bit easier, but I, I think I've told the story before, but yes, I definitely get nervous. Uh, my first game with the Rams was very nerve wracking. It was back in 2021. Um, Tom Brady and the Bucks were coming into town. It was week three. Mm -hmm. Um, I had, it was a different role for me. I had never done, um, like a live presentation. So I host, I host game days for the Rams. And so I'm talking to the entire stadium and hosting a show for them yeah. um throughout the entirety of the game and so it's you know 73,000 people and typically you know I'll talk to that number of people whether it's on TV but I'm usually talking to a camera and I have no reaction or immediate reaction and this was the first time I was talking and I could hear myself all throughout SoFi and people would be looking directly at me while I'm presenting and I thought I mean I I the number of hours I prepped and prepared and was ready to go. I still did not sleep that night. I woke up, I had like prepped my hair and taken a shower the night before. Cause I had like a 5am wake up. Oh, wow. And I literally had to re-shower myself in the morning. Cause I didn't sleep. I was like sweating through the night and like my anxiety, I didn't even know I was anxious. I didn't sleep a wink and I showed up and there's, there's no substitute for you. You just have no. to do it. I will never forget. I was trying to dance it off. Cause whenever I'm a little anxious, I just kind of move and dance. And there's yes. usually some sort of music around in a stadium. So yes. trying to find like my joy in my center. And I was like, there's just a moment of, we'll call it a full plunge. There's no turning back and the cameras are on. You've done all you can. And it just gets to the point where if you're joyful and if you are having fun and you know what you're talking about, no matter what really happens, as long as those elements kind of come out, people around you will be entertained and they will feel your joy and they will feel your presence. Yeah. And so I think as long as I stuck with those three things, <laughs> getting on that stage and just did a full dive into the pool, we'll call it. And you come out the other side and you're like, what did I even say? What just happened? Yeah. You kind of blur it out <laughs> in the moment. <laughs> yes. You just say, you just see red. So you're just like what just happened what did I say and it gets easier as time goes on now that's not the case I don't feel you know quite that but um yeah it's always those 20 seconds before your first hit every single game you get a little little yeah. anxious a little tingly and once you do the first one then it's all it's all cruising from there Gosh, that's a really good way to put it and so cool to hear that perspective I'm kind of trying to think like this really applies to a lot of my mental stuff in pickleball. And I'm sure when you're on the court too, just in those moments when you might feel a little 
bit of nerves and anxiety coming over, remembering this is excitement. We're passionate about the game. We're just excited to be here. And I feel like that can relieve so much stress when you just put things in perspective and just kind of focus on trusting what you have, the research and prep you've done, you know, for pickleball, it's like the drilling you've done, the practice you've done that really comes out in those big moments. And it's kind of cool how the broadcasting and the pickleball playing can relate. That's great. You know, and it's so true because you, both you and Maggie, I think one of the, the things that you guys are best at is every time that you're approached, whether it's on a practice court or during competition, like there is always a positive energy and joy coming out of you. And I think it's one of your guys' greatest strengths when you step on the pickleball court is there's no, you're, you're undeterred in terms of your, what you're putting out. You may be having some sort of inner turmoil as yeah. a competitor, but what you guys show and what you guys communicate to people when they're around you I think can speak volumes, not only to who you are, but also to the type of competitor you are. And I, I imagine it's, it's one of your greatest strengths because even if there's something going on, you just, you can't tell as the opponent, you're always up, which is rather daunting. I wish I had that skill. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm all emotion all the time on the court. <laughs> you know what? That's good too. I feel like, yeah, we just have to be ourselves. And that is just, that's too nice of you to say, oh my gosh. I mean, I was going to add that we really appreciate you. I remember at the beginning of this year when we signed to the PPA tour, you know, you took the time to call us and get to know us better. And it just like really means a lot because I'm a player. And I know a lot of my pro playing friends do this too. Like when we play a match that does happen to be streamed, I think the first thing I do after a day is go watch it back and kind of learn from it and kind of hear what people say. Cause it's, it's good to learn and see. Oh what you can do better next time. So we just really appreciate that you, you know, put the work in and you just make us feel good about ourselves on the stream. And yeah, you're just really good at what you do. So we appreciate you. Thanks. Yeah. It's, I think if any future broadcasters or anybody in the space that even wants to be an analyst, I think one of the biggest things you have to know or that you should abide by is that that stage is not yours. That stage is the athletes. And so as long as I keep that in mind, when you guys get to championship court, it's not about what I'm, what I say or what I think or what I feel, but it's your stage. And I have to represent, I try, this is, I mean, my goal is always to try and represent the bet, the athlete in their best possible light. And you guys make it really easy. Always, always, always. But, um, yeah, just keeping in mind that like I'm there to to represent you and to bring attention to your game and your skill set and who you are as people more than anything else. So for all those future broadcasters, yes. it's not about you. It's about yes. them. <laughs> we hope that future broadcasters are listening to this podcast. Oh my gosh, Cameron, you've been giving us so much insight into your career and all the cool things you do. I mean, what a life you live. It is so amazing. Um, kind of want to end with What's next for you in the remainder of the year? Yeah, um, more pickleball, more football, <laughs> um, volleyball, uh, beach volleyball has has closed out pretty much in terms of the domestic tour. So I'll still be tracking both indoor volleyball as well as um, international beach volleyball, just because there's 
the Olympics right around the corner come Paris 2024. Yeah. So um, kind of trying to like track that as we get closer and make sure I'm ready to go for next year and what's coming down the pipeline. Um, and then I'll also say whether it's, you know, football every single weekend, which is crazy because now football, you know, it's Thursday night. If you watch college, then you have Saturday night, Sunday and Monday night. So I feel like most nights there's just something on in the background tracking that. And then, um, yeah, I, a lot of pickleball, both PPA and MLP. I'll be in Vegas shortly. I just actually was booking, trying to figure out what shows I'm going to. I'm going to be going to a few shows. So, um, trying to get my mom, I'm trying to book her a flight. (laughs) Go to a couple of shows. And then this weekend is going to be crazy because between Vegas this is one of the few times I'm doubling up so I have Vegas rehearsals tomorrow in LA fly straight from LA to Vegas Thursday Friday Saturday PPA and I fly back Saturday night and have Rams versus Eagles on Sunday and I have to be on there at by 7 a.m on the field (laughs) wow it's gonna be a little insane this is yeah one of the weekends I was like I think I have two or three of these where I have pickleball and football on the same weekend oh my gosh you are a superwoman you are on the go you are doing a great job I hope you enjoy the shows I'm so curious what show do you know which one's uh I think it's called the O the Cirque du Soleil show and then there's another um is it okay so I was gonna do that and then there's another one um it's a magician and I think he's won America's Got Talent or something and I can't remember his name but I was looking up some stuff on on him and then I don't know David Copperfield is that okay. the other magician yeah. I don't know I didn't I haven't, I'm kind of deciding between the two but I think those might I might go to two so we'll see oh I might uh, I'm doing the evening shift <laughs> because that means I can just make sure I sleep a little bit because I have to go yeah. to the 9 30 show I think we finished broadcasting at like seven or eight o'clock so oh <laughs> it's gonna, gonna work out up, yeah it's fine <laughs> It's fine. You're going to have the Vegas experience. That is really exciting. Well, thank you so much, Cameron, for coming on the merry-go-round podcast. I really appreciate it. And it was so fun learning more, yeah, learning more about you and hope to have you on again someday. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's a blast. And I always love talking pickleball and all things sports. So it's been a pleasure. Well, thank you so much. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. We will see you next episode. Bye guys.